Hey there on this June 23, 2021. It's EDB here. That's Eric Deshaun Barrett for long. And I believe you connected to this because you're ready for our Wednesday meditation, which will begin in just a few moments. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Oh, brother Dennis, you have returned. You, 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 you got your hairs all nice. You've been pedicured and everything. <laughs> I'm doing good. Had a great weekend. Thank you. Uh-huh. Oh, wonderful! You sound good. Yeah, they did it. They did it. They did it. Toes and his nails, didn't they? They, 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 they prayed. They prayed over me, brother. That's just, that's just uh huh. Uh huh. I bet if you look at him, he got a fresh haircut and everything. I see your new blue suit. You, didn't you see that? Suit? I saw it too. I saw it too. With 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 the fresh gaiters, Mama Bear. With the fresh gaiters. Hey, come on. Come I on. see I that. Got, I did. I didn't get new shoes. See? 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 <laughs> okay, now. All right. Welcome. Come on. Come on. <laughs> and we can't forget about the tie. He got the tie, too. Beautiful colors. Beautiful colors. <laughs> I'm waiting for Mama Bell to start playing so we can dance. Come on. <laughs> See, now, why you want to dance and mess up your good suit? You just got it two days ago. <laughs> bless him, right. Lord. Bless him, Jesus. Bless him. Bless him. Great, great. We do need yeah. help. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Welcome well, good back. Morning. Good morning to all of your fine people on this Wednesday. It's always good to spend some time with you. I'm not going to hold you up because I believe I'm tickling you one more time, Brother Dennis. You got to get down to teach the little, the little rugrats in vacation Bible school. Oh, that's, oh is that's it this true. time already? <sighs> I, came, I came past there on uh, Monday and I saw them wrapped around the walls. I said, okay, y'all in there. Oh, oh I miss so. vacation Bible school. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So this morning, if you uh, can, in your moment of quiet, meditate, if you can, just uh, take a moment to uh, think about our young people. As I just mentioned, they're going off to vacation Bible school and they're being taught various things. They, they're fresh out of school. Some of them have passed and have been promoted to the next grade or promoted to college or even promoted to life. Would you consider them in your prayers this morning? And if I can, kind of tell you how to pray. Just, just briefly, give you some pointers, if you will. Would you consider in your prayers that they will find themselves? They will find themselves 
Now, I know you don't know what that means right now, but if you can, just just throw that out there into the ether, if you will, into the atmosphere, into the universe, that they will find themselves. Would you pray quietly with me? You got grandchildren, great-grandchildren, cheering. They will find themselves on this break, particularly our high schoolers, college students. They are partaking in summer activities, most of which are centered around employment. The career choices that they're making, the summer opportunities they're taking, may those opportunities propel them. May it not just serve as a resource to collect money, but may it serve as a opportunity, the next rung of the ladder towards their personal success. That's what I would like to pray for today. Do you mind joining me in that prayer? We pray, we pray. And then, if you can, while you're praying, would you pray for ourselves? Because there's a generation that's growing up just like yours. You remember when you went home and told your mother about various things you were doing and she looked at you like you lost your ever-loved mind. You was crazy. Your mama was crazy. Her mama was crazy. Every generation was crazy to the previous one. May we see a day where even if we do not understand our successes, we can have faith in their passion, have hope in their desire, believe in their dreams. That's what I hope. And finally, this morning at least, may we unite our voices together. We don't talk about him much. He he kind of gets a pass around here against the forces of evil. But we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not about Democrats and Republicans, Trumpians or AOCers. It's the adversarial forces that seek to keep us fighting and divided and fussing and cussing. You can't interview him on CNN. You're not going to find him there. 
You're not going to find him on Fox News either. He's going to and fro seeking whom he can devour. Would you pray for our ability to recognize him? Recognize his actions and to attack the right source, not our friends, our brothers, and our sisters. Can you do that? Mama Bell, while we're still praying, can you serenade us a little bit? Kind Father and friend, we ask that you hear our prayers this morning individually. We do this quietly because we don't know what each other's has. No one knows the contents of another man's heart, nor his feelings or thoughts. But we can come together and quietly communicate with you because truthfully it doesn't really matter what each of us have to deal with personally as long as we can come together and know that 
there is hope for us all. And we thank you. And all those in agreement with that prayer, respond with a howdy. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Second Timothy, chapter number two, excuse me, number one. Verse 12, and then I'm going to hang out over there and Ecclesiastes a little bit. But I really want to focus on verse 12 of chapter 1 in 2 Timothy, for it says, And that is why I suffer these things. I am not ashamed because I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to guard what has been entrusted to me. I know in whom I have believe that kind of made me think about the thought I know what I'm doing I know what I'm doing I I use that as a main point if you will and then I spent some time over in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, and that's kind of the backdrop. The Yeah, backdrop sounds well. Of where my thoughts are. Please take some time when you're free to just peruse the chapter. But over there in Ecclesiastes, Brother Solomon has a conversation. He says various things, and most of those things sum up to one piece of business. He says, you know what? There's absolutely nothing I have not done. There's absolutely no way I have not been. There's absolutely no one I have not seen, met, or experienced. And yet at the end of the day, What did it get me? I thought about that because I sit here. I sit here as a young man who, despite public belief, can claim some sort of privilege. I've never went a day without some type of dead currency in my pocket. And I say dead currency because everything on it is dead. Whether it was $50, 10 or a quarter, I've always had something in my pocket since I cried into the world. I had a car before I had a license. 
When I was 18 years old, I went to get a job. Couldn't pull me off that job. I enjoyed working. As a matter of fact, in this pandemic, I felt more like a bum than I have in 37 years of my life. Couldn't move. Couldn't operate like I used to. I'm used to going a thousand some odd miles an hour. You tell me to sit at the house and just twiddle my thumbs. Oh, that's depressing to me. Brand new cars. Pink slipped to all of them. But at the end of the day, what does it mean? What does it mean? I, I go sometime downtown and I sit there and I listen to these people talk about their cars and their houses. You seen some of them? It's laughable to me because <laughs> fact of the matter is, if you want to be just mean and raw, I've seen people who sit on council whose houses can sit right in the middle of this one and still have a lot of room left over to stretch out your legs. What's this profit? What are they bragging about? At the end of the day, it's just wood and tin. How many houses you got? How many cars? At the end of the day, what does it mean when you're miserable? When you're lost. I'm talking of a generation that I know. I'm not saying this applies to everybody. I know when we get into these types of conversations, it breeds some form of generalization, and, and those generalizations always come with certain exemptions. There's always an exception to the rule. But everywhere I go, I seemingly run into the same pattern. People who come from very successful backgrounds, very financially stable homes, and yet they're miserable. Not just black people immigrants or foreigners or people who we would consider to be in that. So as a matter of fact, I've seen some poor people <laughs> to have a little bit more hope, more power, more, as they say down the country, more power, more excitement in their life than rich folks. Some would argue it's because that's all they really know. If they got 55 more cents to their name, it's worth a 45-minute praise break because, hey, they're used to not having anything. That's a great argument if you wish to live there. I'm not going to sit here and, and try to uh, debate it with you. But these are college-educated young people. Double master's degrees. I have a buddy right now. Have a double master's degree in sports medicine. And you know what he does for a living? 
picks up rats and roaches out of people's homes. Oh, it gives them a suitable living. No, I'm not trying to discredit that. You've got a mortgage. You've got a baby. That baby's had more toys at three months old than I've seen in my entire life. They got little floaties, you know, that you put around the baby's neck. So when you put him in the bathtub, he just floats. A floaty. Forty nine ninety five for something the boy can only use for about two months. A floaty. Well, what would you do without a floaty? I don't know, hold a baby. I, what, what is a floaty? Then they have little hand warmers to put in the baby's hand, three and under. So, so sixty nine twenty two, and the baby can only use it for three months. Fascinating these things, but he's got it. Wonderful clothes. My dad is a Cowboys fan. Yay. The devil is a lie. That's the shirt that I sent him under that. And all of these wonderful toys and things that this child has, and yet when you ask this young man, why do you go and collect rats and spray for roaches, he'll say, it's the best that I can do. Well, let me ask you this question. We have young folks. We are pushing now to go into college. We're pushing them to get A's in school and to really focus on their studies, only to get out in these streets and collect roaches. What was the point in burning the midnight oil and understanding calculus and trigonometry and all of those things? What was the point? Figure out the the dimensions of a rat's tail? I'm sure that's wonderful news to know exactly how big you have to make the rat trap and how much of a square footage you need to put the cheese. I mean, that's, that's great. But a lack of fulfillment they have down inside. It's the same constant I see everywhere that I go. And, again, I'm not here to debate what the proper way is. We've been doing this for years. Yes, I know. But for me, the idea is what? And why? Why did you please breathe, put 
and breathe is what I was trying to say. That's why I came out breathe. I don't know what I was saying. Thank you for letting me blunder, though. Why did you breathe life into me? Why was I born? Oh, we were born to worship God. Okay, cool. Great. Wonderful. Now, why is it miserable? How can God get glory out of a miserable Walmart worker? And I have nothing against Walmart. They got wonderful deals down there. And if you believe in the power of business and its importance to our society, and if your dream and goal is to one day either own, operate, or maintain a corporation, then Walmart may be the place for you. Work your way up the ranks. Understand how the store works. I never had a job that I walked in, and by the time I walk out, couldn't tell you how to operate the business in my sleep. There's nothing wrong with Walmart if you have a mission for it, if you have a passion for it, if you have a goal and an objective. There's nothing wrong with Walmart. What I'm talking about is the folks that's down there with no mission, that's down there with no objective. Yes, I need $15 an hour. That, that'll, that'll do something for me. We don't need $15 an hour, they say. We're not going to have that argument. I started it, so I thought I would give the other side of that coin. But depending upon or regardless of where you sit on that that spectrum, at the end of the day, whether I get it or I don't, what does it mean? If all I do is work to go to the bar, what does it mean? 55% of my income is spent on my medications. From the dawn of alcohol and tobacco, the average consumer has spent about 55% of his life earnings. 55% has been spent trying to medicate their pain. They're in church every Sunday. Singing the choir on Sunday morning like you've done nothing wrong. And maybe they haven't done anything wrong. I'm not here to judge. But if you went to church on Sunday and you shouted and you danced and you spoke in tongues and threw a couple of dollars on the altar because the preacher was hollering good. 
Maybe that's down in my church. I forgot we we dealing with Baptists and Southerners and Episcopalians. They don't throw no money. I'm sorry. But you done all those things on Sunday. But you see, the problem was the night before. You raided the liquor store. Well, they were sinful. No. They were hurt. Nobody wakes up and decides they're going to be a drunk. Nobody decides that they're going to spend a life of misery. Nobody wakes up and decides that they just want to be a whore. These are things that they're driven to. When I was delivering newspapers, I'll never forget there. there's out there. And I would talk to some of them, and you would hear what was going on in them. If you, if you stayed out there long enough and got down to the, the allergic-induced section of that onion, you heard a lot. You understood why they do what they do. If I got a child at the house and Walmart just paid me seven twenty five, that gave me a an average salary before the family. You know the family. Iris, Rebecca, and their son named Sam. Before the family took their twenty two percent, I might have took home six, seven hundred dollars, but you see, I got a seven hundred and fifty dollar rent payment, and I still haven't bought food yet. So if I got to turn up my leg a little bit just to make a couple extra dollars, you got a better option. Well, Jesus will fix it. Yeah, boy. That's the question that they ask. Where is this God by which you speak? My mama went to church every Sunday and she stayed poor. My daddy went too and he was a drunk. Where is this Jesus? Well, I'm going to tell you where he is. He's sitting waiting with this glorious plan. I know I got plans. I got some plans. I got some plans for you. Uh-huh. Before you were formed, I understand what they didn't told you. Yes, your mama got high and your daddy got drunk and there was a few misunderstandings and quite frankly, they can't even remember the day nor the hour. But despite all that, I got plans. And you know where those plans exist is buried back into that that corn over there marked stupid. It's buried in the back of that corner marked stupid in a box marked my parents don't agree with this. My family looked at me like I lost my ever-loving mind. That's where it's buried, those plans. Uh-huh. 
buried back there. And if you ever go back there and find those stupid ideas, try them out a little bit. There was a guy on the Internet one day that I used to go to high school with. I read one of his statuses, and it kind of cut like knife through a hot butter. Warmed me up quick. I was freezing that day. But I read, and I just got hot all of a sudden. He said, I got dreams. I got goals. I even got plans, but dreams, goals, and plans don't keep the lights on, so I don't care. But wait a minute. If I don't and can't rely on my dreams and my goals, then why am I here? To make God happy. Oh, so God gets pleasure out of watching me suffer? That can't be right. Or did somewhere along the line it get missed somewhere? I came and found Jesus. Now what? I didn't check the box. I didn't come to the pool class, and then went in there for a little swim. Now what? Oh, you'll be coming to get a Bible class? Okay, cool. I'll come over there and watch y'all debate about whether or not Peter had two tassels or one. Whether Judas, when he got paid off to betray Jesus, was it in cash, was it in IRAs, or was it in mutual funds? I'll let you sit there and argue that. Okay, cool. Now what? How's that? Then what? When I leave Bible class, I'm still going back home. I still have nothing. And to some degree, I'm still nobody. Now what? Some plans. Some plans over there. The only way church is good is if people are operating in their plans. You just got folks running around here teaching Bible class, and they just miserable the people that teach it. And between you guys and me. Some of them dumber than the students. But we ain't going to tell nobody. That's just between us. You know why? Because we just throw them in the position. I haven't watched them do it. To some degree, even done it. I taught a Bible class over at one of them churches down yonder, over yonder from here. We would start class at 9.45, 9.30, 9.30. And you're supposed to get out by 9.45, 10.45, excuse me. 
felt like 945 the way they rushed you. We was in Bible class. We were closing out one day, and these young ladies, one young lady had started crying in, in class. I don't know what was wrong with her, but her friends kind of gathered around her, and they all had a little cry session. Naturally, I held up Bible class. We did not get out at 1045. And do you know there was a reprimand? And I went to address said reprimand. I sat down in the office of the seminary-trained preacher, and I asked him, This young lady was crying, and her friends were consoling her, and you were more concerned about the fact that I went over than you were about the needs of this person? I happened to look up that young lady a couple of Weeks ago, I just get bored sometime, and people pop into my mind, and I just look them up on the Internet and see where they are. You're shocked. You ain't shocked. I ain't going to tell you you're shocked because you're not shocked. You know she ain't in church no more. You know she didn't walked away. Why? It's simple. You know that answer. I ain't got to tell you. Yes, you didn't check your box, and you got all these cheering and grand cheering into the church, and we didn't have this beautiful Bible class and all of these wonderful youth groups and camps and everything. And yes, my child graduated high school with honors, and he's going on to the most highfalutin educational facility possible to man. But at the end of the day, they spend their Friday nights in some campus room bottles of vodka all over the place. Why what? The plans. The plans. I'm going to bring this to a close. I took up enough of your time. I brought up that text in Timothy. Because I believe that is the master pill, the the spiritual antibiotic, if you will. Being convinced, being persuaded, knowing this is who I am. Mama may not approve. That's all right. Grandmama may dismiss it. That's fine, too. Aunt may stop taking my calls. That's all right. I can live without people, but I can't live without my purpose. I just, I just cannot find a way to live without being able to do what is pumping. I just don't understand how you do it. 
Every moment that I spend not being able to do what makes me happy drives me to drink. It drives me to do crazy things. That's why I want to have sex all the time. What else I got to make me happy? That's why I go and smoke weed. What else I got to make me happy? That's why I run the streets and drink and hang out in the club. What else I got to make me happy? Ain't got nothing else. And I'm sorry that I said that to all of my English people, my persons who respect and thrive off of proper English, but I feel like cussing, so I won't say the cuss words. I'm just going to say it. I ain't got nothing else. And if you strip me of who I am, you just strip me of why I breathe. And so, as I sit here, folks who may not even take this call seriously, there's just something to do. That's fine. I appreciate your opinion. That is why some of us breathe. You take this from some of us, what do we have left? We're working in the streets. We're trying to find ways to pay our mortgages and our bills that we have power, that we have opportunities and obligations at the same time. We cannot get down to that big steeple that you got that you love to marvel over. We cannot sing in our choir robes and, and our beautiful stained glass ceilings. and We can't appreciate We ain't got time for all that. We are busy people. Well, you ought to give all that up for God. Okay, I give all that up for God, but who's going to pay these bills around here? Because my boss told me I better be to work at 7 a.m. I know that life. The only difference between me and somebody else is I had the, the option to walk off a job. I was working at the Hardys over there on Princess Anne Road. I walked in to get a job on the stage there three weeks because the lady refused to give me a Sunday off. And she told me, you either work on Sunday or you don't have a job. Granted, I was privileged. So I can tell that little black, bless her heart, hallelujah, where to go and how to get there. But everybody can't do that. And so when we sit religiously and condemn people because they won't come to church instead of finding ways to be where they are, some of us need. I know you want to go back because your fresh suits look good and you have to show them off. But the rest of us, we were struggling before we saw or heard of a COVID, and we're going to struggle after until we find another way. And so in the meantime, here we are, finding our purpose. As we close, I'm, I'm done. I quit for now. I don't know if I should say quit. I'm just going to leave this alone. 
I hope you pray that you heard as you sit quietly in your spiritual jury box. I hope that you heard this case not as just some sermon that is preached on a Wednesday, but as a plea. Dear Father, may we see what you see. May we understand what you understand. And may we appreciate and accept people not for what we hope they would be or desire them to be or want them to be, but for who they are. We don't have to like them. We don't have to agree with them. We don't have to hang out with them. But they deserve the right to live the same life that you have granted to us. They deserve that. We all deserve We all have a right to the same opportunity that led you to Golgotha's Hill. And we thank you for this moment. And until we can gather together again, we will leave with this assurance that there is a plan. In Jesus' name. And all those in agreement said amen. 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 See you Sunday.